Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. It's the Combat Cast. We are back. And uh, Chevy, tell us what we got coming up. All right. February 18th, we'll be previewing USC Fight Night. Santos versus Blanchfield now. That was the uh, Vera versus Sanhagen card. But after much ridicule uh, of putting that fight in the apex, it has been moved. Um, we'll talk about that in our in our news section. But February 25th, uh, UFC Fight Night, Krylov versus Span. Excellent matchup. Uh, two great strikers. And then March 4th, the probably biggest pay-per-view of the year, UFC 285, Jones versus Gone. Probably the biggest UFC. We'll see. Fight. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> there are uh, some stuff in the news we'll talk about uh, real quick. Um, now, as far as last week's card, we both decided wasn't really eventful. We didn't want to go too much into it. Spivak beat Lewis. Um, Quickly and easily. Easily, yeah. I was trying to think. I guess the one thing I was just going to add, I, you know, Spivak, maybe Curtis Blades next. I don't know. What do you think? Ooh, yeah, that is a... Uh, that's a tough matchup, I think. But yeah. yeah, Spivak's at that level where he's got to start fighting those top, top guys. I mean, Derek Lewis is a top, top guy, but there is obviously a proven way to beat him. Uh, and that's what Spivak did. I was wrong. He did fight intelligently, and he did exactly yeah. what he was supposed to do. What I said would be his path to victory, and, and uh, that's how he got there quickly. He did. He did. He looked good, too. He looked real good. Yeah, I don't know what's next for Derek Lewis because I mean he just got steamrolled, basically. Yeah, but Dana said that uh, he said he still loves the guy and uh, he's not going anywhere. So. Yeah, he, I mean he can still put on exciting fights for sure. Um, maybe the UFC just plays him uh, a little safer with some just strikers, you know? Right. Or right. Volkov type characters. I know we already fought Volkov, but more of those guys. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Let's see. Bellator this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Obviously, the great, uh, the legendary, uh, the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko, lost. Uh, He went out, as most legends do, with a loss. Um, Mm -hmm. Bellator had a nice little tribute. I don't know if you saw, but a bunch of legends, you know, to see him off. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Everybody kind of went home happy. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Johnny Eblen uh, looked dominant in his fight. Uh, he he was great. And then just the fight that we wanted to see from uh, Hamasi and and Brendan Ward. Yeah, love to see Brendan Ward. First of all, great finish sequence with that head kick, and then fall off the ground pound. And obviously all the things he's been saying in his post fight. You know, it's good to see him getting some shine. He really turned his life around. Um, you know, and it's just great to see him doing doing well. And he's looking great in the cage, too. So, yep. And friend of uh, 
Former guest on the show, Sean Shamrock, too. Yeah, shout out to Sean Shamrock. Yeah, yeah and then also uh, some other news. Kevin Lee is back from Eagle FC. He is yeah. uh, now in the UFC again, says he's going to be competing at 170. Mm, I don't know what to think. Uh, I liked Kevin Lee a lot. He was definitely having trouble, and he was kind of all over the place at the end of his UFC stint. And he left and went away to Eagle FC and defeated Diego Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he went out and he just steamrolled everybody. He had one fight and he beat Diego in a decision. Is what it is. I like Kevin. I hope this is a refreshed Kevin and he looks good. But there's nothing that tells me one way or the other. I really think his whole issue is his mental game. You know, obviously his head coach uh, tragically passed away and that's where it all sort of going downhill for him. So uh, I I think he's made a few changes in his life. I I believe he's a little bit more religious now, you know, maybe some extra discipline or whatever. Hopefully he's finding what he's looking for. And we see the uh, 2.0 version of Kevin Lee here in the UFC. I I do think that 170 is going to suit him much better. He was always kind of a in-betweener. 150 was really, or 155 was very tough for him to make. Uh, Always wanted to advocate for the 165 uh, weight class that Dana's never going to do. So um, I'm glad he's doing 170. I hope he does well. Yeah, I hope they don't uh, dump him in right into the fire. You know, I know he's so. Yeah. What's next for Kevin? Yeah. So speaking of 170 fighters, uh, new tough coaches uh conor mcgregor and michael chandler they're going to fight at 170 when uh the season of tough is over it's the biggest uh thing you could have done for the ultimate fighter um it's on es flying for a dying show yeah all right i mean it's uh it'll be on espn um espn proper so you know it's gonna be on a big platform they want to go out with a big thing they want to put the best foot forward um we'll see what happens i'm more curious not to be a downer for people but i'm more curious to see if we get the fight after like i want to see the fight but what concerns me is that connor has still not entered the usada program and i don't know like i just have my my wonder like it's you can make a tv show you can draw the attention and then the fight can still not happen sometimes well let me tell you the fight's gonna happen and i'll tell you why Conor okay. McGregor don't need to be in no testing pool. He's Conor McGregor. He gets to uh-huh. do what he wants. Yeah. And uh, Dana's going to, you know, praise him. He'll be telling him, yeah, he doesn't need to worry about testing or figure it out, USADA. You know, I don't think this is going to be a problem. Yeah, Whether not. he really we'll takes tests that he passes or not. Michael Chandler don't give a shit if Conor McGregor tests hot. Yeah. He wants the he'll take another loss an exciting loss and get paid. So, um, you know, I'm sure he'd be telling Dana behind the scenes. I don't care if you test him once. So, yeah, I think the fight will happen. Um, I'm excited for the fight, but uh, I think I'm more excited for the, you know, YouTube short clips and I won't be watching the show because I just, I can't do that anymore. But, um, I I do think we're going to see some great sound, Bites from these two and Chandler. Uh, I think he has respect for Connor for what he's done and his ability to make him money. Uh, mm-hmm. but 
I, I do think they will go back and forth. And it's, it's going to be interesting, too, because as much as I do think Connor, I think Chandler does have that respect. Chandler being like, you know, just the family man that he is, you know, if this gets personal, you can right. see Chandler saying something and it could yeah. trigger Connor. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That and you know, as far as the fight goes, it's a decent fight for Connor to come back to. I mean, Chandler is a hittable guy. I mean, there there are no easy fights for Connor anymore. Chandler's wrestling is tough, but you know, it, we know that Chandler is willing to get in a firefight, and that's probably Connor's best chance at this point. If he can stay calm under that pressure and land those counter punches, he could win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then he probably gets a 155 title shot immediately after that, after not fighting at 155. Right. <laughs> All right. Last piece of news. Um, friend of the show, our favorite fighter, Mateo Gonzalez, is fighting for peak fighting this weekend. You know, you can get the pay-per-view at peakfighting.com, I believe. You know, everyone knows how to use Google, so you guys can figure it out, but. I uh, just want to shout out to Mateo if you're watching or you hear this. Uh, good luck to you. You know, we'll be uh, rooting, be rooting for, for you. you. I'll be rooting for you. What's up, Thomas? Thomas in the comments. Yeah, All right, you you ready to get into this? Let's get card? into UFC 284, man. That's what I want to do. <laughs> All right, let's let's highlight a couple prelim fights that I'm excited about. Um, let's start off with Jamie Malarkey, Aussie-born Jamie Malarkey versus Francisco Prado. Uh, Francisco Prado, I don't know if you have their records or whatever. I, I don't. I didn't get any records stuff. for these two prelim fights that you okay. have, but go ahead. So Prado, I know he's undefeated, uh, an undefeated Argentinian, but he this is his debut in the UFC. Um, Malarkey has been looking great as of late. Uh, he, he's just such a tough test for a new guy to come in and especially at home. I think that Malarkey's probably going to get this done. I, I actually see a lot of Aussies doing well on this card because Australia is going to have such a great crowd. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go with Malarkey round two KO in this one. Uh, but it is, I am excited to see what Francisco can do. Yeah. Malarkey coming off of one over Mike ja- Johnson there. I see too. 15 yeah. five. Yeah. yeah. He always puts on exciting fights. Even if he doesn't win, his fights are very back and forth all the time. So, um, One other prelim fight we're excited for. This is headlining the prelims. Uh, Tyson Pedro versus Modestus Bukaskis. Um, yeah. yeah. Tyson has looked much improved in his last two fights. He's looked like a world beater with two first-round uh, TKOs. Um and Bukaskis is back for his second stint in the UFC. He yeah. got cut after three losses in a row. And then he got two wins outside of the organization and he's back. Yeah, for Cage Warriors. Um yeah. what I would say about this is uh he's desperate for a win in the UFC. You know, he's out to prove himself. But Pedro so far, obviously, you know, we'll see as the competition rises. But Tyson Pedro has looked like a completely different fighter since coming back. He's looked super sharp with his striking. So I, I got Pedro winning this one. I know we don't always give predictions on prelims, but I think Tyson Pedro is going to keep this train rolling, and uh, I would say he'll get him out of there in round two. Yeah, I, I think Modesto fancies himself a striker. Tyson obviously super crisp with his striking. I think the USC is kind of setting him up to win at home here um, because 
you know, he's best friends with Taito Avasa. You know, he has a great personality. I think he could be a, a star. Um, so I think they're setting him up for a win. I'm going to go um, with Tyson Pedro as well. I think he keeps the streak of first round KOs going here. And I'm going to go with first round knockout for Tyson Pedro. Yeah. Uh, best card of the year, Randy. Um, I mean, we're early in the year, obviously. First card of the year. I, well, second. But um, as far as put together, you know, like what to expect. Uh, I mean, this is definitely as good as it gets as we'll get right with the breakdown and stuff. But this is as good as it gets when you're talking about the two top pound for pound fighters in the world. It might not be the card that gets the biggest attention. We're going to have Jones and gone obviously in another month or so here. And who knows if we get Connor and Chandler, but yeah, I mean, up top of that main event, it's about as good as it gets. Also, I think matchmaking wise, they set this card up for a lot of finishes, which obviously is super exciting too. So yeah, yeah. could it's definitely best card of the year so far on paper for sure. Yeah, and I, I think Thomas is right. I think UFC is behind Tyson Pedro, and they're trying to build him up and get a potential star. Because, I mean, Tyson Pedro's got a good personality, too. Yeah, he, he took, like, three years off. Uh, I believe he had a knee injury or something. Um, yeah. He had a setback after that injury. He was, so all through COVID, basically, he he was out. Um, and he's just come back looking like a world beater. So Absolutely. All right, let's get into this Big main card. card. Yeah. Starting off with a banger, uh, Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. All right, Jimmy Crute, 12 and 3, five KOs, four subs, three decisions. He lost uh, in uh, two, uh, his last two. He lost his last two to Anthony Smith and Jamal Hill. So right. Anthony Smith, obviously a guy who's been around for a while, super tough, and Jamal Hill, who's now the current light heavyweight champ. And Anthony Smith was the backup for that championship fight as well. So he's right up there as well. Two super tough guys. Alonzo Menafield, 13 and 3, 10 KOs, two subs, one decision. He's on a two fight win streak. And uh he's coming off a win over um Misa Shirkinoff, who holds a victory over Jimmy Crute. Now, I would argue that's a much different Misa Shirkinoff that uh Menafield fought, who was on a several fight losing streak, whereas he was on the top of his game against Jimmy Crute. Uh, Crute's going to have a big home field advantage out here, obviously. But I don't know, man. Menafield, I like him a lot. Um, I want to go for Crute. My heart is telling me go for Crute. He'll pull it off, you know. But uh, I'm going to go Menafield. This is going to be fireworks. Uh, I'm going to go. Menafield by decision. This could be one. Of, I think this will be one of the few fights. I think they're going to battle it out, though. This is going to be a fight. Really? Um. Yeah. So both of these guys are so powerful. I would be shocked if it went to decision. You know, not not crazy. I mean, a la Derek Lewis and Ngannou, something like that. We've seen two super powerful punches punchers uh, go the distance, but I don't see this one going the distance. Because I was thinking Metafield might KO around one. I'm like, nah, Crute's not going to get finished in his hometown. But I see Thomas in the com- comments, too, talking about KO in the first round. I'm like, maybe I'm just too – my heart really doesn't want to see Crute get you know KO'd here. So. Well, I'm not going to go with Metafield. I'm going to say that Jimmy threatens some takedowns or uh-huh. you know mixes in a couple takedowns, some clinch work or whatever. Um Metafield carries so much muscle. I think he might get a little bit yeah. tired. And Jimmy Crute catches him late. I'll say he gets back on track with a third round KO 
at home. See, but they're not, that's not too far off what I'm saying, though. So I'm kind of thinking this, but I think Menefield will be able to carry it. And I think we all do agree with Thomas. Like, if if there's going to be a finish early, it might yeah. be Menefield. Yeah. Right. So. Just so powerful. E- explosive, too. Like, But this is a good opening fight. Like, I can yeah. really see this one going a couple different ways. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, the big boys, Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. Local, local to us, Parker Porter. Yeah, uh, Taffa five and three. All his wins by KO. Two and three in UFC. Parker Porter twelve and seven. Five KOs, three subs, four decisions. Coming off a loss, but won his three prior. Um, I'll go with Porter. Uh, I'll say, uh, you know what? Toff is Australia too, right? He's a local guy. He's New Zealand or Australia. He's down there. Yeah, down you know there. what? Let's go for the hometown guy. Toffa catches him. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a big Justin Toffa fan, um, but I think Parker's more well-rounded. Plus, you know, he's the local guy for us. Um, so I'm going to root for him. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a decision win, though. I think maybe he just kind of grinds on Justin and doesn't get hit. That's his main goal. Maybe right. holds him down uh, or holds him up against the cage or whatever. Yeah, I'm agreeing with uh, Thomas here. I, I think we get Parker by a boring decision. Okay. Well, let's move on to a fight that I'm actually pretty excited about. Oh, yes. Jack Della Maddalena versus Randy Brown. Yes, Jack is 13 and 2 for who those who don't know. He's got 11 KOs, one subs, one decision. He's 2 and 0 oh in the UFC, both finishes, both bonuses. Um he's won 13 in a row. Basically, so he he lost his first two fights by KO and by sub. Mm-hmm. And then he just went on to win the next 13 fights. He's in the UFC, he's got two bonuses. Like I just love that, you know. Uh but Randy Brown 16 and four, six KOs, five subs, five decisions, and he's won four in a row. He's at his best right now, I think, but I got to go JDM all day long. I say he's going to tap him out. Um, nah, nah, he's not going to tap out. He's going to KO him, and I'll say round two. Uh, yeah, I-, I think I'm with you on this. I'm with Thomas trusting JDM's nose. Uh, that's a hilarious comment, but both, <laughs> both of these guys have been looking great. Um, this is a great test for Jack, though, because he hasn't fought someone at Randy Brown's level yet, for sure. So I'm excited to see if he can land that KO punch or if Randy is going to be able to use his range and set traps. He's a little bit more crafty. Um, you know, he can mix in a takedown. He has great jujitsu, so... Um, if he can set up any of those things, that'd be great for him. But if he gets touched, Jack's putting him to sleep. And uh, I think until I see otherwise, I think that Madalena is the truth. And uh, I'll say he gets a round two KO. All right. All right. We're going to move on to our first um, title fight of the night, the featherweight interim title. Mm-hmm. Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. Yair, 14-3-1, five KOs, three subs, six decisions. Um, Emmett, 18-2, and two, six KO, two subs, ten decisions. Emmett's won five in a row. Um, I want to pull up uh, Yair's record here, though, I, even though I just read it off to you, because what's very interesting when you look at this is he won his last fight against Ortega. Uh, now, there was an injury, so it's kind of hard to tell there, but like 
He lost the decision. Uh, to very, er, very early injury too. That very was within early. one minute of the fight. Yes. But before that, he had a, a, a loss to Holloway where he looked fantastic in though. I really think, you know, True. um, he beat Jeremy Stevens before that. There was a no contest because of the eye poke. He KO'd zombie. And, um, with one second left in a fight, he was left, losing. He was losing. And before that, he lost to Edgar. A fight there's no way he would lose now because Yair's just at a different point in his career. Um, the thing is, like, we continue to see this evolution of Yair, mm-hmm. and he continues to look better and better. And I'm going to read uh, Thomas's comments here because um, he says, My heart is with Yair, but I have a bad feeling. And I know what he's saying because I just feel like style wise, Emmett, who can threaten with that takedown, and he's got that power, is a tough matchup for Yair. And so part of me wants to say Emmett, but the continued improvement of Yair and just the way he looks every time he comes out to me, I'm going to go Yair. I'm going to say he gets it done. I'm going to say fireworks. I say he's going to finish him off in round three. God, I hope you're right. Um, But yeah, I, I agree with everything you've been saying. Um, it's great that Josh Emmett has finally gotten a title shot. Um, he's certainly earned it. I am, you know, you know me, I'm a huge fan of Yair. You know, at one point he was my favorite fighter in the UFC. Um, but I I don't know if he's really deserving of this title shot. Personally, to me, this title shot should have gone to Arnold Allen. Um, because of the reasons that we listed off his last few fights. Um, you know, he beat Zombie with one second left in a fight he was losing. He beat a weathered Jeremy Stevens. Um, he lost to Max, albeit a closing fight or yeah. a close fight, you know, a close, exciting fight. And then, you know, he won that fight with T City where T City hurt his shoulder pulling out of a arm bar. That was one minute into the fight. So, I'm a huge fan of Yair, and I agree with you. His evolution between fights is great, but also he takes at least a year off between each fight. He does. Too, um, so he has nothing but time to train to evolve. So, um, But very tough matchup, I think, with Josh Emmett, for the reasons that you said. He can threaten a takedown. He's incredibly powerful, um, and he's just super durable and tough. So I, I think his durability is going to get tested for you for sure. But I, I just think that I'm going to pick Josh by a decision by decision, even though I'm rooting for a year. Okay. We will see. We will see. It's an interesting fight. Um, yeah. Or as somebody in our YouTube YouTube comment said, uh, when I put a short up about it this week, I'm going with your ear. And I was like, that's an interesting. <laughs> your ear. Okay. okay. Yeah. Your ear. <laughs> yeah. A little language different. Uh, yeah. difference yeah that's all right <laughs> all right move on to the main event one of the most uh underrated fights under appreciated fights by the company at least because all we're getting is power slap uh promo but islam <laughs> makachev versus alexander volkanovsky this is number one and number two pound for pound fighters Volkanovski, 25 and 1, 12 KOs, 3 subs, 10 decisions. Um, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, what he's been doing, you know, uh, beating Holloway on a couple of getting close fights, but the last one where he beat Holloway, where he was convincing in it. Master class, yeah. 
yeah, his convincing victory over Ortega. He's a guy that continues to evolve and improve. Ishan Makachev, 23 and 1, 4 KOs, 11 subs, 8 decisions. His one loss was really his second UFC fight. He got caught, you know, and he's looked unstoppable since, and he looks better and better. What he did um, to win the title against Dubronx, you know, absolutely crazy. Um, the big X factor here is Volkanovski's going up in weight. What is he going to be like at that weight class? Is this his real weight class? You know, he was always a bigger guy, or is it going to be a problem fighting at this weight class? Um, like Thomas says in the comments, hard to go against the Dagestanians, even if it is Volk. Um, I'm leaning towards Islam in this. Uh, I think he'll win a decision. I've been saying that all week, actually. I've been responding to people. And as I say it now, man, I just keep thinking we're in Australia, right? <laughs> you know, Volkanovsky has looked so good. He keeps looking better, right? Habib's out of his corner. Yeah, that I think is an X factor for this as well. Yeah. I think it's you know not what? being talked about enough. I'm because gonna I... go with, I'll go with Volk. I'll go with Volk to win the decision. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. And uh, I think he's just going to be undisputed. And um, we'll see what happens with that featherweight title, if I'm correct, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with everything that you said. Um, I do think that it's being underreported, the fact that Khabib is not going to be in his corner. You've seen clips here and there where Khabib is like literally controlling Islam like a video game character. He tells him, put your arm here, you know, switch your hips to this side and Islam immediately does it. If he's not there, is there someone in that corner that can do that for him? Or does he have, you know, that fight IQ innately to do it himself? And we're going to find out. And we're going to find out against one of the best fighters in UFC history at this point. So, um, with that being said, I, I always underestimate Volkanovsky, whether it (laughs) is, because I'm a a stand for a stand for uh, Max, or I don't know. I just underestimate the guy, but I think I'm going to go with Islam. I think you know the fact that Volkanovski has to move up. Islam's already a big guy for 155, I, I, and he's so strong with the grappling. I think he's kind of just going to get a hold of him and hold on to him. Maybe you see a little bit of striking, but. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of grappling and a lot of Volkanovski fighting to get up. Now, later on in the fight, I definitely think that Volkanovski has the better cardio. So if he can continue to get up, you know, you might see Islam become a little bit uh, tired and deterred by Volkanovski keep getting up. And then I would say Volkanovski has a great chance to punish Islam. But... I'd say chances are we get a, a Islam Makachev decision. I hope I'm wrong. Yes. Thomas doesn't think the Habib thing will be as big a factor, but he is uh, saying he agrees with you too. It's hard to go against uh, the Dagestanians. So everybody's got uh, Islam here, except for me. And even I really am kind of, I've been going back and forth on this all week. So I'll change my mind again. But um, and what I wanted to clear up too, what I meant by, we'll see what happened to the featherweight title. If, you know, Volk does win this, um, you know, and say Yair wins the featherweight title too, 
Like, will that end up being the featherweight title or will they have to fight it? You know what I mean? Will he defend? I, I don't know. I or think we'll Paul ask you when he mentioned going up, he wanted to hold both titles like Amanda Nunes, like right. go back and forth. I don't know how easy that is for him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, if he could do it, if anyone can do it, I could see him being one to try to hold both. He wants to be active. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I mean, Really, he's fighting like if he can beat Islam too, like you know. Right. Yeah. If he can beat Islam, you now he's off to the races. Like he's gonna have all those big name uh, lightweights coming right. after him too, because he'll be new blood, big money fights coming mm-hmm. his way. You know, this is the biggest moment of his career for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Well, I think it's gonna be a banger of a card. Um, I'm super excited. Like you said, pound for pound, number one versus two. Chevy, tell people what we got. All right. February 18th, previewing UFC Fight Night. Now that is Santos versus Blanchfield. While I am excited for that uh, actual fight, the card, if you go to UFC.com, has not filled out yet. Uh, So I'm not sure exactly what we're getting, but hopefully something better than last week's card. Uh, And then we'll move on to February 25th. Uh, UFC Fight Night Krylov versus Span. Super excited for that matchup. And then finally, March 4th, the return of John Jones, UFC 285, Jones versus Gone for the heavyweight title. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, fans, for uh, Thomas and Randy and everybody in the comments and everybody else watching, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you, mm-hmm. and we'll see you at the fights. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you.